Good morning. All right. Uh, yeah, welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. Uh, it's great to see you this morning. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate, the, the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the, ready, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." And also for me, that words, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, welcome. It's great to see everyone. For our guests, we're especially glad you are here. If you are a guest, please uh, take your bulletin. Hopefully you did receive one. And on the back end, there is a tear-off tab. If you could fill that out and drop it in the offering plate and let us know that you came. Uh, we just want to let you know that we're glad that you did come. Uh, and if you have any prayer requests or any concerns of any kind, we want to know. Uh, it is a big day at Broadway. We are praying for big things today. And we are very excited to see so many faces. So welcome uh, to worship this morning and let us glorify our risen King. Thank you, Brother Zach. We're going to begin with singing a great little chorus, He Has Made Me Glad. And let's stand together while we do, please.
Savior in prayer. Holy Father, thank you for the many, many blessings. This great hymn reminds us, Lord, of how you daily open the windows of heaven and pour your blessings out upon us. And Father, I'm guilty sometimes of taking those blessings for granted. But this morning, Lord, we want to praise you and thank you for how that you have abundantly blessed us through the years. And you have a special blessing for us today if we'll open our hearts unto you, Lord. So I pray that we might come before you and with a repentant spirit and asking, Lord, for a spiritual renewal and awakening within our hearts. Thank you for this special day of back to church again, the emphasis. And Father, we pray if there be those here today that this is the first time they've been here, that they will sense your Spirit's presence, the love of this fellowship, the faith, and the purpose that we are seeking to serve you with today. We pray, our Heavenly Father, for those that are heavy laden and burdened, process of grief, those that are ill with special needs. Whatever it is, Lord, we believe that burdens are lifted at Calvary. I pray for our pastor as he shares your word with us today. And may the Holy Spirit have freedom to work. And may people come to know you as Savior and Lord. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Congregation, you may be seated. <laughs> I am so blessed to have this choir behind me. We rehearse every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, and we're working on Christmas music now. If you'd like to join us, we'd love for you to. As you know, a choir has to have a good accompanist. We're blessed with that with Miss Gail over here. Today, yeah, well, that's good. 
Today, the accompaniment is harder than the choir. The choir sings it great, but the, listen to this accompaniment. It's going to be a fun song, but it's called You Are My Rock, a great message in the text this morning.
Heavenly Father, we come with hearts of gratitude for who you are and what you've done in our lives. Father, we recognize that all that we are and all that we have is by your hands. Father, as we give back that portion that you've blessed us with, I pray that we'd be good stewards. I pray that you'll bless this offering today. And I pray that you would lead and guide and direct Broadway Baptist Church as we seek to honor you and glorify you. We humbly ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Good morning.
brings out through the ages and your always in the I rejoice for my Savior reigns. I rejoice for He lives in me. God on high, He has set me free. And worthy is the Lord. In a dry and weary land, Lord, you are the Across the world there is a sound, an echo of hope, a song of love, a shout of joy. It's the sound of the church rediscovering what it means to be the church. We're reaching back, we're reaching up, we're reaching out. Will you come along and join a movement 2,000 years in the making? This isn't a place of judgment or hypocrisy or perfect people. This is a place of freedom. This is a place of hope. This is a place to belong. back to church Sunday. So uh, that's a video there. When you invite someone to church, you never know. A lot of times they'll take you up on your offer and they'll um, uh, certainly come. So uh, we're glad you're here. If this is your first time to church or you're coming back to church, it's a great, uh, great Sunday to certainly participate in that. <clears throat> Thank you, Patty, for that song. That was uh, outstanding. So it was a, a very good special music we had there. I heard the offering plate drop earlier. You know, every now and then that happens. You all hear that? You know, the offerings plate drop, it's bad, but it's not as bad as when the Lord's Supper plate drops. Now, that's a mess when you drop one of those. Gosh, seeing that. You know, if you ever go out in a country church, every country church has red carpet. Do you know why they have red carpet? For when the Lord's Supper, when one of those deacons drops the Lord's Supper, and there you have a big mess, it doesn't, it doesn't stain as bad. I got the church this morning, out my front pew there. And I was looking for Sherry. Normally she's right here. I said, where is she at? Because I know her purse is up here. Sherry got, I can't figure out if it's a promotion or a demotion, David. If uh, she was behind the piano, that chair right there, it's almost like the back pew of a Baptist church. You want to join the choir, but you don't want anyone to see you. So you, put, you place yourself right there, so you're behind the piano. So that's either the best or the worst spot in the choir. So that is a great invite. So David, if someone wants to join the choir,
choir, maybe you could, we could, they always start right there with that, but that is, we have a wonderful choir, that was a, a great song um, with everything. Open your Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 15, we're going to be looking here at a couple of verses here, in Romans chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, then we're going to flip over in a little bit, and we're going to look here at Romans chapter 8, and look at some other scripture here. Uh, the main point of this message we're going to see here is, uh, here on National Back to Church Sunday, is that... Who do you belong to? Do you belong to God? Uh, we all want a sense of belonging and ownership. You know, I used to teach the toddler Sunday school class. I miss my little class of one and two year olds. Uh, not very much preparation was needed. And uh, <laughs> you showed up and you went with the flow with that little class. And um, what happened is uh, we, we go in there and um, they knew all about belonging because we play with our toys. You always had to have a lot of play time and snack time, then you have your lesson time, then in your lesson your class would just walk away, and then that was the way you would know your lesson is over. They never talked back because they don't talk. And um, what is interesting is one day we were in there, and uh, one little boy, it was uh, time to play, and we talk about belonging and um, sharing and he had a little puzzle, a little wooden puzzle, and somebody else wanted to play with it, and he didn't want to share, and he kept saying, it's mine. This is mine. I own this puzzle. So the other child, you know, so if you're one or two, you just go grab it and you take it out of their hand. Well, this little guy was smart. He actually laid down on top of the puzzle, like laying on the floor. He's covered up his little puzzle, and that's he's saying, it's my puzzle. And he held on to it, so he, he got his puzzle that way. But I share that because in many ways, that's how there's a sense of ownership that we certainly want, where we want something to be mine. And... What we're going to see here in this passage is God feels the same way about you. He wants ownership of your life, everything about you. He wants you to be serving in His church, not just serving. He wants you completely sold out to a local church. Jesus Christ established the church. He looked at Peter and says, On this rock, I will build my church. That's the first time the word ecclesia, church, is ever used in the scriptures there in Matthew chapter 16. And he's telling Peter, says, I'm going to establish an organization that will never die out, that my people are all across the world are going to be a part of. So when you come back to church or you come to church every time the doors open, you are part of a, you're part of a group, you're part of a, a body here of believers that actually was founded with Jesus. He started the church and he expects his people to be a part of it. And what we're about to see here in Romans, or Romans chapter 15, verse 7, is back in the good old days 2,000 years ago, you had Jewish Christians and you had Gentile Christians. Most, most of us, unless, unless we're Jewish here, we would be Gentiles. A Gentile is somebody who's not Jewish. So there was Gentile believers who followed Jesus Christ in the first century. And they struggled the same way the, uh, the, the uh, Jewish Jewish people grew up learning the law, the Old Testament. They learned the law of Moses, and they followed that. Well, then Jesus' teachings came along and said, here, you're, here the uh, Jesus who you're going to follow, he's the Messiah. He's a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Well, then all of a sudden, they started coming to worship with these Gentile Christians. Gentiles didn't know the Old Testament. So you had a worldview collision right there that occurred. And they, they, were, they were wrestling with these different backgrounds, and they were struggling with accepting one another as believers. Everything we were grown up with, everything we had been taught, all of a sudden it's, it's shifting. There's a shifting culture, they feel like, uh, that, um, that they're identify, identifying with. And we think of identity. We think of what do we identify. Most of us, we identify with about four or five things. 
You identify, obviously, with your family. You identify with your job, or maybe you're retired, your former job, your career of who you were. You identify if you're in school, or maybe you went to school, you go, you go to football games and you relive going to, uh, you wish you were back in school, uh, your hobbies, and also your church, your, where the, your group of faith that you associate. So you look at these five areas, hobbies, church, school, work, and family, that's really your identity. Those are your circles. And for the most part, most of us hang out and spend time in those circles. So all of a sudden, when something comes up, and it's outside of that, those areas, we, we reject it because that's, that's not us. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm comfortable with. And that's the challenge that Jesus is going to teach us. We have, we have to find our identity first and foremost in, as Christians and identifying with Christ. He is above and He comes first over anything in our life. God intends for you and I to feel completely accepted and secure in Christ. And that is what the message, what He's going to teach us today. If you sense that you're drifting this morning, and you don't have that identity, very likely that's the Lord speaking, am I first in your life? Do you belong to me? And we want to end this message. It's an evangelistic message today. It's a message saying, who do you belong to? Who owns you? Who is your allegiance towards? And if it is not Christ, He will place an emptiness in your soul. There will be, as we would say, a hole in your heart that God has created, saying, "There's there's a missing part, and that missing part is the Lord. He's speaking to you, saying, I want you. We were created in the image of God. And what that meant in Genesis chapter 2 when He created us, God created us so that we ultimately will only find our rest in Him. There's a restlessness for a lost person. Someone who's not saved. Someone who's not a believer. There's an emptiness inside of them. And until we find the Lord, until we accept Him as our Savior... We, we, we struggle. You just go about just uh, aimlessly roaming around with that. All right, Romans chapter 15, open your Bible, verse 7, it says, Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you. To the glory of God, for I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised. And that's Jewish folks right there. That's who the circumcised are. On behalf of God's truth. To confirm the promises of the fathers. That's the teachers, the teachings of the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets. Jesus Christ came as a Jewish person. He came as a circumcised man following all the Jewish customs. And he's saying here, I came about as a Jewish man, fulfilling all the Old Testament prophecies about, uh, about me. And because I've accepted you, You have also accepted me. When you get saved, when someone gets saved, what you're actually doing is you are accepting Christ in your life. You're acknowledging that I need to receive what He is offering. He came freely to give us salvation. Verse 9. 
And so that the Gentiles may glorify God for His mercy. Meaning, in the Old Testament, God didn't have to save the Gentiles. But because God is a merciful God, meaning God's love expands not just to Jewish folks, but to all of us, including us today, that we can glorify God. So he's saying that's our plan, is to live a life that in everything I do, I bring glory to God. My speech, my actions, everything, my decisions, I'm bringing honor to Him. So here's a quote here. This is a quote uh, from um, Psalm. He's saying here, Therefore, as it is written, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will make... I will sing praise to your name. And that comes directly here out of Psalm, <clears throat> Psalm 38. And what the Bible's telling us is that we are to come to the Lord because Jesus Christ, His mission, His purpose and plan was for us to belong to Him. And He started out with the Jewish folks, but then the good news, the gospel, it expanded also to the Gentiles. So what does this mean for us? God is speaking to you and I, and He's saying, you need to belong. You need to belong first to the family of faith, and that's saying, I'm saved, I've accepted Christ in our life, and then secondly, you need to belong to a local body of believers where you serve Him. Whether you're a Jewish person or a Gentile, it's for you. Now, we think about belonging. There's a sense of belonging for all of us that you, you, we want to belong. You want to come and say, hey, this is... This is where I feel connected. This is what I feel a part of. I'll never forget in the early days, Sherry and I were in Georgia, and we um, knew at the church, rookie, didn't know what we were doing. And I was at this country church, and these folks here had cattle farms. They were uh, cat ranchers. They just had cows everywhere. And, you know, you talk about, you know, preachers get accused of working one day a week and uh, then half day on Wednesday. I'm convinced, I knew these guys because they hung out with me all the time. If you own a ranch, all you have to do is make sure your cows eat. That's it. If there's grass and hay for your cattle, I mean, you just do whatever these guys. They just ride around a horse, just hey, drive their truck, go fishing. As long as the cows are eating, I mean, you're doing good if you own a cow. Who here grew up on, who here grew up on a ranch with cows? I mean, you're a cattle farmer. So you all know what I'm talking about. Daddy, he just said, hey, it's almost like the retired life. As long as those cows have some good grass, I'm making it. So these guys, we had a couple of ranchers, guys that had some cows. <laughs> We're new. We're in our 20s. And Sherry, now this guy comes to us. We had a couple of them in the church said, Daniel, Sherry, y'all need to join the Georgia Cattlemen's Association. It's where everybody's part of here. I've never even heard of the Cattlemen's Association. So... And they're like giving, I'm showing the church, they're just telling, I'm sitting in the back door shaking hands, the Cattlemen's Association, the Cattlemen's Association, you got to join the club. So we joined the club. I mean, it think cost me $50 per person, it cost 100 bucks. Sherry and I eat 50 bucks to join the Cattlemen's Club. <laughs> we joined, you know, I wanted to belong, wanted to be with, so I used to be a Cattlemen's Association member. And, um, and they're like, you don't even have to, you don't have to own any cows, all you have to do is love beef. And steak, and I mean, you'll love it. Hamburgers, steak dinners, I mean, it's, it's great. <laughs> and, and these guys don't work, cattlemen, people who own cows. They just have to make sure there's hay and, and grass in, um, in the yard, and then they're fine. 
and then when it's time to, they load them up when it's time, and they come and pick up. I mean, the, 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 and the great thing you say, do they have to haul them away? No, they have delivery serves. They come pick your cows up when they're full. I mean, it's unbelievable how easy it was, or at least they made it appear easy to raising cows. <clears throat> well, I go to the first meeting. I get suckered in to be, because I wanted to belong. I was new. So I go to the first meeting of the Cattlemen's Association, and we sit there, and I'm listening to speeches on what type of grass to feed your cows. Because <laughs> that's all you do. And what, what vet is recommended for this type of shot and to make sure that they're, they're gaining plenty of weight. And I'm sitting in these meetings over and over again learning about how, what different, there's different types of grass and uh, way hay that you can feed your, your cow. And I, we, we went to two meetings for that year, even though I paid and saw this is, you know, there's folks in church, they're gung-ho excited. But I was glad I joined the Cattlemen's Association because our dues paid. You know what type of food they eat? We had the best steak dinners. All these guys served at the Cattlemen's Association, premium steaks with the Cattlemen's Association. And I joined that club, as silly as it was, because I wanted to belong. I wanted to be like those Georgia farmers there, grazing, raising their cattle. That's what it meant. There's a sense of all of us, we want to be like you. Every politician is just like you. You want to connect, you want a sense of, I, I can identify, these are my people. I can eat a steak, so I'm going to go join the Cattlemen's Club and, and, and do what they do and listen to their speeches on grass. And God is speaking to you the same way He's saying, you need to belong, and the entrance and belonging to the Lord is through my Son. Listen, is Jesus Christ, church, listen, is He the most important person in your life? In everything you do, do you say, I belong to my Lord? It's written on my forehead. It's written on my head, hand. People know who owns me. They know my allegiance and my identity. Listen, some of us were more passionate about football and basketball and cows than we are the Lord. The Lord's speaking to you, saying He wants to be first in the most important priority in your life. That's what it means to be a, a sense of belonging. You know, you think about rejection. You know, Jesus knew rejection more than anyone. He did. Last Sunday's message was on John 6.66, where Jesus just said, Hey, I am the bread of life. You eat my body and drink my blood. You identify with me. I'm your Savior. And it said when he started talking that way, in John 6, 66, many disciples, not just unbelievers, disciples started leaving him. They got up and left. And they said, this isn't for me. And they're basically saying, I don't, I don't, I don't belong to Jesus. When you belong to Jesus, what you're saying is saying, Everything I do, I'm bringing glory to God all of my life. You know, there's an old statement, old-timey statement that says, to make a friend, be a friend. If you want to make friends, you need to be a friend to others. And you know, Jesus uh, essentially uh, said the same thing when he talked about this in Luke 6.38. He says, give and it will be given to you. Do you want to be around generous people? Do you want to be known as a giver and not a taker? Will you give to others? 
Do you want to be a friendly person? Well, then all of a sudden, you be the best friend you can be to someone. You're always there. You're always there to listening ear with a kind answer. Do you know, one of the ways to know is a sense of belonging, if you, have a, if you have a lot of friends, is one of the most simplest tests to ever take. And it's called the driveway test. The driveway test is this. If, there, if, you have a, if you live in your house, and you have a lot of people coming and going out of your driveway, all the time, just people coming to visit you, they feel they can stop by, they feel they can swing by and check up, bring you something, in your driveway, if, you're, if your neighbors knows you, or they know you, say, goodness, there's just people constantly coming and going from their, their, their house. It's not that you're selling drugs, it's that you're a friendly person. You're saying, hey, I'm give, this is the driveway test. It's an opportunity that says, hey, there's a chance for you to come and get to know me. People who have lots of friends pass the driveway test. They have the, busy, the, the friendliest people in the neighborhood constantly have someone knocking on their door. I want you all to know, we are surrounded by isolated people. It is amazing how isolated folks are. If you have a neighbor and you never, never see anyone pull in their driveway, you never see them having a visitor, you don't even know if they're alive still. You're thinking, does anybody live in that house? Is it abandoned? Does a for sale sign need to come up? Do I need to go knock on the door? It's probably because someone does live there. They're alone. They just don't have anybody. Listen, Jesus Christ wants alone people, isolated people, people who don't have people coming to their driveway, who don't have friends, Jesus loves them. He died for them. He, there's a home for the lonely, the Bible says, with the Lord. If you are here this morning and you say, Daniel, I, I don't belong anywhere. I'm alone. I'm empty. There's something missing in my life. That is the Lord speaking to you, saying, you can belong to Him. You belong to me. Jesus is telling us, if you want People, if you want a life of belonging, the church, the Lord, He's offering it. When this Bible verse tells us we are to accept one another, that means I have to take responsibility. I have to take ownership of the people in my circle. And if I know of someone who's struggling, if I know of someone who's alone and isolated, you need to step into their life and say, brother, I haven't seen you in a while. We just wanted to check on you. How are things going? From my experience, most people do not open the door and put a gun to your head. Most people, if you knock on their door, a smile on your face, they'll, they'll talk to you. Now, you don't need to stay two hours, but you stay a couple of minutes and check on them. So they're just seeing what things are, how things are going. What this means to accept one another is Jesus has put our, in our circle of belonging we need to look, is there anyone in my life, anyone in my church, anyone on my pew that they've fallen through the crack on my street that I can tell them the good news of Jesus, that I can invite them to church? It is true. When you have a relationship with someone, when you have a friendship with someone else, 
you can speak truth into their life. They will listen to you. The Lord is telling us here, Jesus has accepted you, therefore you are to go accept other people. We are to live a life of serving others, a life of otherness, a life of investing. Isolated folks are all around us. I want you to know, if nobody's pulling in your driveway, if no one ever comes to see you, you need to ask the question. You have to have the hard question in your life, saying, am I, am I intentional about being a friend to other people? Have I become a cynical senior adult who sits at home and thinks nobody in the world listens to me? I know everything, but no one's listening. That's what happens. It's easy to become that way. You've solved all the world's problems. You watch Fox News all day. You know what's right and wrong, yet no one listens to you. That is an isolated, sad life. I'm, I'm speaking to the men right now. Men, this happens. I know. And I want to warn you, that is not the life Jesus Christ died on a cross for. He wants us to live a life of otherness. as saying, I want to be that man that's curious. I want to be that man that's involved in other people, that's helping and serving and inviting. Age is deceitful. It isolates you if you're not careful. And Jesus is saying here, accept one another. We have fooled ourselves thinking, oh, my door's always open. They just have to come to me. I'll, I'll answer any phone call. I'll answer any door. Just the doorbell's working. The phone still rings. I'm always available. And you're wondering, it never rings and no one ever calls. Men, if that is you, you have isolated yourself. There's no sense of belonging in your life. Jesus Christ is calling us. He's saying, you need to live your life, in verse 7, for the glory of God. And living an isolated, uh, alone life is not that way. Look up here on the screen. I've got, um, I want to show something, what we see here, before we turn here, Romans chapter 8. Look here, Romans 15, 7 through 9. This is what we see about God. These are the verses we just saw. God will be true to His character. He is. God told us, He's called us, that we need to accept one another. He has accepted us, therefore we are to accept others. If Jesus loves and died for me, you are responsible for loving and investing in other folks. There is nothing more. I'm telling you, we are surrounded. The devil wants to... Listen, if the devil can't get you to sin, you know what he's going to do? He's going to isolate you. He's going to put you over here and you're just going to be in your own little bubble, doing your own little thing, and you have no friends, no influence, and no one listens to anything. You become a cynical person. But the great thing about the Lord is He loves us. He invested. He disciples us. And He's true to His character. Number two, God's faithful to His Word. The great thing about it, it says here, it talks about in verse 8, He says, I've been circumcised on behalf of God's truth, meaning everything in the Old Testament was fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament. He honored and He fulfilled that Word. Not only that, God will show love through His people. 
Meaning God uses you and I, Broadway, listen, He uses us to show love. Do you want to know how people are going to see the love of Jesus? It's going to be through you. But if you're living an isolated life, they won't see it. Alone people, people who are in a hole that no one knows. They won't know about the Lord. God, Jesus died on a cross so we can go out and spread the good news. Spread the good news means you go to them. You can't wait for your doorbell and your phone to ring. You go to others. This is what missions is. This is why missionaries are so important. This is why it's important for you and I to be witnesses. Jesus, people see Jesus through us. And number four, what do we see in this passage here? God will use our lives to accomplish His purpose. Every day you should wake up and say, Lord, use me. I'm yours. I give you my life. Lord, just, just take who I am and help me advance your kingdom. Do you know God's will for your life? Do you know God's purpose and plan, what you need to be doing? Do you know how do you know the Bible gets, there's 22 spiritual gifts. God gives gifts to His people for the use in His church. God wants to use you for a greater purpose. <clears throat> uh, keep your finger here in uh, Romans chapter 15. Flip back a couple pages. Look here to Romans chapter 8, verse 8 and 9. I want to read this other scripture here in Romans, talking about belonging. Talking about, do I belong, belong to God? Is there a place for the Lord in my life? Verse 8, Romans 8 9 says, Those who are in the flesh, in the flesh means without the Lord. That's what the Bible's saying here. It means you're doing it by yourself. You're trying to live your life without God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you know a lost person cannot please God? They can't. Someone who's unsaved, I want to tell you something. It's easy in our culture to sit around as Bible-believing Christians, and we, have, we hold to the Christian ethic, and we're thinking, I can't believe how lost this city has become and how lost America has become. What we're doing is we're holding a standard, for a biblical standard for our life for lost people. And I want to tell you, a lost soul is not going to live a Christian life. They're not. They do not think or live that way. And we wonder, says, why, why don't they do this? What, what, what happened? Well, what happened is Romans 8, 8 says, lost people who are living in the flesh, they don't please God. Who do they please? They please themselves. They live selfish lives. And Christ is calling us not to live a selfish life, that we live a other-centered life and a God-centered life. Verse 9, look what it goes on to say here. Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, so this is for us, for believers, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. That is biblical salvation. Saying, you don't live this way. You don't live in the flesh anymore. You're not living to please yourself because you have the Spirit of the Lord inside of you. Because you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You now belong to God and therefore you ex He expects you to live that way. So wrapping all this up, talking about belonging, the, true, the question, 
If Jesus Christ came back right now, if you passed away and this was the last sermon you ever heard, are you confident that you belong to God? Are you confident, Romans 8, 9, that you have the Spirit inside of you and He lives inside of you? Now you belong to Him. Look over up the screen. Last three things we're going to see here. This is what I want you to walk away with. And we're going to have a, an invitation. I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. And a way for you to respond to the gospel this morning. All of us belong to something or someone. Do you all know that? We all belong to something or someone. Something means you belong. You can belong to the devil. You can belong to a club. You can belong to the Cattlemen's Association. You belong to the TV. You belong to the Internet. You belong to Facebook. You belong to something. Or you belong to the Lord. And, you, and this morning, God's speaking to you, saying, well, who, who, do, who owns me? Who do I belong to? God, where's my ownership at? Secondly, God created us with a need for acceptance. He wants us to join His family. David, you know that old song, The Family of God? I mean, literally, that's the family of God. That's what it means. I identify. This is my home. God has created me for, to accept Him. I saw one time a church had a slogan, and their slogan is, you can come sit with us. One, you know, one of the biggest challenges when someone's visiting a church, especially if, if they're alone and they're single or, or they came by themselves for whatever reason, their, their biggest fear is, who do I sit with? Now, if you join the choir, you sit right there. That's the entry, entry level to the choir <coughs> behind the piano so nobody sees you. But there are folks probably here this morning. You've come to church, and your fear was, who, who do I sit with? And what that actual, when you say that, what you're actually saying is, I, I want to belong. I want a friend. I want a sense of acceptance. That's an, it's a barrier to, to overcome. And lastly, we see here, many of us must belong before we believe. Many of you, maybe you finally, you're, you, you, the, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You're falling under conviction. The Holy Spirit, He's been working in your life, and you finally sense a sense of belonging. But your next step, after you belong and you feel, Lord, I, I feel this is my home. I, I'm beginning to understand the Scriptures. God is speaking to me. Do you know what she's saying? Your next step is believing. And that believing is saying, I'm stepping out, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord to save me. And that's what we're about to do. If you are here this morning, and you have never called upon the name of the Lord, if you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to this morning. That's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to be a part of the family of God. You then can say, I belong to God because I have accepted Him. I was saved when I was 15 years old is when I was saved. Sherry was saved when she was 13, 14 years old. When were you saved? You know, I actually was hoping to have a testimony this morning. I asked, listen, I asked nine people, David Dale, to give a testimony. You know how many people? <laughs> I went 0 for 9. It's hard to get folks to speak. But all of you, listen, you, need, you know what a testimony is? A testimony saying, I'm a born-again believer. 
Testimony doesn't mean you go back to when you were born. Testimony is saying, I gave my life to Christ, I was lost, and now I'm saved. That's what it means. And there's, all of us should be able to stand up and hear, say, here's my testimony to the Lord. Here's what God has done in my life. Hopefully, listen, if God has ever placed in your life, say, I have a word to say, I have a testimony to share with God's name, you need to let me know. We need to be a church of people giving testimonies. There should not be a shame. You, there is no, there is honor in belonging to God. Listen, you might be passionate to talk about football and basketball, but are you passionate in talking about the Lord? I want to tell you, men, some of you could stand up here and you could tell me every player on the Kentucky basketball team, but you can't quote one Bible verse. Who do you belong to? That's, I'm being serious. If you know every little 19-year-old that plays on these teams, that they're just going to come and go. So where's your eternal salvation at? That's what belonging to God means. Brother, He owns me. This is my life. I memorize Scripture. I'm in His Word. I'm in Sunday school. I'm in worship. I'm in church. It's serious belonging to the Lord. It's your priority. Saying He is first in my life. And if you can't do that, if you can't boldly proclaim that, hey, I'm not ashamed to be a Christian, brother, are you saved? Jesus says, anyone who is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of him on the day of judgment. Could you, what, how sad would it be to think you're saved and a member of Broadway Baptist your whole life, and you go before the Lord, and he looks at you and says, who, who are you? I never knew you. I have no idea who you are. 0 for 9 for testimonies this week. I hope in a year or two years from now, we'll go 200 for 200 in testimonies. When someone asks you to testify, you jump up and say, I've got a message from the Lord. I can tell you about Jesus, what He's done in my life. That's the boldness the Lord's looking for. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you are not saved, you need to get saved this morning. That's what it means to belong to God. Let's bow our heads. I want every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you are here this morning, and you have never accepted Jesus, just as Romans 15, 7 tells us, to, He has accepted us, therefore we accept Him. If you have never accepted Jesus in your life, if you don't understand what it means to belong to God, you pray this prayer of faith and say, I want the Holy Spirit to come into my life and I want to become a believer. Dear Jesus, I want to belong to you. Lord, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of how I've abandoned you. From this day on, I'm going to live for you. I give you my heart. I accept your free gift of salvation on the cross. Jesus, I'm yours. In your name I pray. Amen. I want you all to look up. The Bible says if that's what it means to cry out and trust the Lord. If you did that this morning, if you prayed and asked Jesus into your life, brother, the Bible says you're saved. He accepts us. If you meant it with your heart and say, God, I've been, I've been belonging to the wrong organizations. I've been following the wrong things. From this day on, Lord, I'm following you. 
That's what it means to follow Christ. We're going to have an invitation. David Dale's going to lead us in a song. Every service we close with an invitation of me inviting you to respond to Jesus. I stand down front waiting for you to respond. So let's stand together. If God's placed a decision on your heart, now's your time to song. We're going to sing our songbook, hymn number 256. Have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the cross where the Lord Jesus suffered? Have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the place of redemption for sinners? Have you been to Calvary? It was there on Calvary God's dear Son laid down His life for you. While there's time, no delay, place your faith in Christ Jesus. Turn your eyes now to Calvary. You can search, you can buy, and try everything man may, but it can satisfy. It is Christ, only Christ, who gives life more abundant, and he calls from Calvary. It was there on Calvary God's dear Son laid down His life for you While there's time, don't delay Place your faith in Christ Jesus Turn your eyes now to Calvary. I want to tell you all about some things going on tonight. Tonight we have an exciting night. At 5.30 we have Awana. So if you're a child from three years old to fifth grade, you're invited to Awana tonight. It's crazy hair night. So all the children and the leaders need to have their crazy hair uh, for Awana. So it certainly would be uh, exciting for that. Also tonight, our evening service is a little bit different. We're going to do something called Vision Night. I'm going to make a PowerPoint presentation of um, something you'll get the chance for to vote in our business meeting tonight. It's a, a new position we want to create called a contemporary worship slash college minister. So you're going to hear a report from our family ministry leadership team that's been working on that. That's uh, at 6 o'clock. Uh, you'll have a chance, kind of a town hall meeting style, so you'll be uh, asked some questions and get answers to that. Then we'll go into our business meeting and, and be able to uh, certainly vote for that. So that is tonight. If you're an Awana worker saying, Dan, I'm an Awana leader, I want to come to that. Well, what I'll do is I'm going to meet. If you can, uh, Awana starts, I think the Awana workers are supposed to be like at 5 or 5.10. Uh, at 4.30, I'll meet with all Awana leaders So for about 30 minutes. So I can go over the presentation with, with all of them before, so that way they don't miss out on anything. So if you're a Wana leader, we'll meet downstairs at 4.30, and 
in the fellowship hall, and I'll go through my PowerPoint presentation. So that's tonight, exciting night. Hopefully, if you're a member of our church, you need to come and, and vote and certainly participate in that. Exciting evening was vision night. David? All right, we're going to sing a closing song. I want to remind you, though, if you'd like to play handbells, that's tonight at 5 o'clock. Handbells, if you'd like to play, you don't have to know how to play. Just come learn. Uh, Steve Moscow is the director. We'd love to have you. We're going to sing together, Redeemed. Let's sing it. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever. 